Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome, Michelle, Gary Spikes, and everybody starting to filter in there. Hello, Rebecca. Hopefully, you got the tow truck on standby. So, Tracy, how are you doing? I am doing well. Grizz, can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. Hello, Crystal. How are you doing? Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everyone. got a lot of echo going on. Like we did last week? It's gone. All right. So, what we got going on tonight? Well, we got a pretty good, uh, pretty good show. I think uh, we got some extra people viewing. It looks like uh, for the she squatchers. I want to let them explain what they, uh, what they're all about here. Welcome, Jim and Tammy and everybody. How are y'all doing? Welcome. Hi. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having us. Oh, absolutely! It's always a pleasure. So go around the room, introduce yourselves to everybody. I'm Jen Cruz. I'm team leader of She Squatchers. Tammy? I'm Tammy Trichel. I am a member of the She Squatchers. And I am Jenna Grover, another member of the She Squatchers. Great. Welcome. Awesome. (laughs) Everybody saying hello to you all. Oh, hey, everybody. Y'all ready for Christmas? Yes. You know what? I wore... A little outfit tonight, but the square <laughs> is so small you can't see it. So just know in 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 your heart that I'm wearing it. Oh, <laughs> yes. Well, so I celebrate Yule, so I'm ready for Yule, which is tomorrow. That is correct. Yes, absolutely. So this year has gone by so quickly. I know it's just so unbelievable. Yes, it really has. So so, so I'm not. I'm not familiar. Can you guys hear me now or not? Yes. Yes. I'm not familiar with she squatchers like Grizzly as has talked with you guys before. Can one of you walk us through what what you're all about? You know what what started your group and, and all that. Three words. Ivory. Oh, can't do it in three words. I can. <laughs> you can do it. Then go go for it. Ivories of steel. I just did. What? They are crazy. The stuff they do, they're nuts. But they're, I mean, they do it. But it's a good nuts. At least we're told. <laughs> yes. To our faces. To our faces. <laughs> well, in 2015, I interviewed Lauren Coleman, the cryptozoologist who has the International Cryptozoology Museum in the state of Maine. And it was his idea for sending women into the woods without men, dogs, or guns. And he thought that would be the recipe for success in getting closer and interacting with the Bigfoots. So through that interview, that's how She Squatchers got started. And uh, it, it's been a process, that's for sure, and of narrowing people down. And I've got the the fearless ladies with me now. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're way more fearless than I am. We'll just put it that way. But we're all psychic mediums. And so we have a background in the paranormal as well. And uh, I'm telling you, Bigfoot stole my heart and took me away from a lot of the paranormal stuff. Although we still do that too. But um, Bigfoot is our focus now. And uh, so not only are we just women in the woods looking for Bigfoot, we're psychic women, all of us. And we use that to our advantage. You know, we're going to use that in our, it's our, in our toolbox. We're going to use it to our advantage. Awesome. Yeah. So you were investigators that you, you investigated at one time, correct? Um, uh, I, I did. Yes. But we're, we're all psychic mediums, like I said. So we've worked on paranormal cases, like clearing out haunted houses or, or, uh, spirits that are not very kind to the homeowner or whoever space it is uh if they're if they're being troublesome you know we've been known to clear them out so yeah okay. i at one time i was i was going into a place that other psychics were too scared to go Wow. <laughs> so yeah you and i it, you know sometimes i do things and i'm like you know Maybe I should have been scared of that, but I wasn't in the time at that time. So I don't know. So you, you said 2015 was when somebody had brought up that, that you guys should go out into the, in, you know, into the woods by yourselves without men and stuff like that. Yes. What, what drove you, what drove you to even get to that point? When did you actually start becoming kind of fascinated with Bigfoot? The first night out for me, because I had an encounter. 
um, the first night out. Well, during the day we went out and again, I'm a psychic medium. I'm an energy healer as that's my profession. Mm -hmm. I feel energy on a physical level. Uh, so I was actually out there asking to feel the energy of Bigfoot during the day. And I felt something at a location, but there wasn't anything there that would make you think like we didn't see anything there that would make us think that Bigfoot was there. But I still dropped a GPS pin on it and said, we're going to come back here tonight. And that's where we had our encounter. And it was pretty crazy. Rocks were being thrown. I saw one on a thermal. Uh, some things, there was multiple creatures surrounding us. It was, it was quite, quite an experience. And uh, it scared the, I didn't have these ladies with me that night. I had a bunch of paranormal investigators with night vision cameras that I thought would be good for seeing in the dark and in the woods, but didn't know that those cameras wouldn't, wouldn't light up the woods like they do houses on the inside. So it really was useless. Um, anyway, those ladies got scared. Most of them were too scared to continue. And, uh, you know, it, it made it pretty clear to me through that process that it was going to take some special ladies to go out with me because I was so pumped up after that I wanted more and the others were like let's go <laughs> so but it, you know it was pretty quick I, you know I went home told told I, I hadn't even told my friends that I was going looking for Bigfoot I was embarrassed because I didn't believe in Bigfoot um, and so after I went out and had an experience I was like oh my gosh Jenna look what happened she was so mad at me that I hadn't taken her with me I really was. I really expected her to tell me before she did something like this. She knows I was like totally into adventure and camaraderie and excitement. But thank you, Jen. Yeah. So then, so then uh, Jenna and I got together and we were doing that. And then pretty soon Tammy came on board when she was able to in her with her situations as well. So then we created the trifecta known as the She Squatchers, the three of us together. <laughs> Yay, yeah, I, I can I can understand. <laughs> yeah, it, it's amazing. And you, you don't not necessarily don't believe, but you, you you don't understand something. But once you get that piece of evidence in your head and you start seeing it, you really want to get into that. That's how it started with paranormal for me. So. Mm -hmm. What about you, Chris? Oh, yeah, it's uh, any realm that's paranormal. I'm, I'm down. Uh, but the way that they investigate, it's very interesting. Uh, it's methodical, and uh, you never know what's going to happen with these uh, trios, so it's very interesting. Jen tells everybody, the police always come when we go out to some of these places. <laughs> they do. It's not Wait. really an expedition until the cops show up. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Now, it's true, though. They, whereabouts, they often show up. whereabouts is like... Whereabouts is like your favorite your favorite place to go to to, to find them to find Bigfoot. My favorite place is northern Minnesota, but that's just because I'm a Minnesota girl and that's closer home to me. Um, if I lived in Washington, I'd probably say Washington because that would be closer to home for me there. Uh, but we seem to have a, a lot. I mean, I've seen out in the open during the day for a long period of time a sighting of a Bigfoot out in the open during the day. Um, in Minnesota, in Northern Minnesota. It was, it was wonderful. Jenna was there. She saw one. She was looking in a different direction. She saw one at the same time. Wow. So, and then we took Tammy there and she had multiple experiences there. So, um, you know, it's, it's my favorite place to go. It was amazing. Daytime sightings, nighttime sightings, things happening. Grizzly had shown a, can you hear us? You got a leg or something, don't you? Is it me? Do I so, have a leg? Why, why do you got it? Yeah, I'm going to sign on through my phone. It's me. I'm going to sign on through my phone. Okay, well, while he gets off, let's talk about him. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm just crazy. It's this great guy. <laughs> right? Oh, by the way, hey, everybody. You guys are all saying hello. Hi. We say hello. Yes, everybody's saying hello time. to you. Welcome, everybody. So. And somebody, Gary wanted to know when we were going to Brown Springs, Oklahoma. You that find an event for us, and you have them contact us, and we will be there. Is that the Honobia Conference? Because they don't, they don't cover any travel. <laughs> Oh, We've been asking. I do. I do know people in Oklahoma now, but I don't know how far it is from Brown Springs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that. I'm, I'm unfamiliar with the whole territory of Oklahoma. Yeah, we haven't so investigated Oklahoma at all. 
Mm-hmm. I'd like to also go to California. I think that would be amazing. Yes. We should actually get a, a, a world, like a, actually I was going to say a world map, but we'll start with the United States and we'll start marking off all the territories that we've been to in the different states. I think it's a great idea. We, I see they're asking about land between the lakes. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, we have investigated in Kentucky, but not LBL. So the LBL is really kicking up lately. Yeah. A lot of activity down there. A lot. So it's very interesting. We just uh, drove through there yesterday, or two days ago, on our way back from Nashville through Kadib and all that stuff. Is so. My question is, being a guy that's not in, you know, that hasn't done any Bigfoot stuff. So you say land between lakes, right? Right. I I see all the signs, land between lakes, and I'm assuming it's it's right there in Kadib and uh, Kentucky Lake and all that stuff right there, right? Yeah, right between uh, it's uh, between Kentucky and Tennessee. That's why they call it land between the lakes. And gotcha. Roger Blair wants to know: Have y'all ever come across any other cryptids besides Bigfoot? Yes, we have. Um, you know, the and it was before I was looking for Bigfoot. I had an experience with a North American hyena, and I was seeing it for a few years in a row. It was running with a pack of wild dogs on the reservation, and so every time I saw it, I'd be like, "Look at that! Doesn't that look like a hyena?" And everybody agreed, that, "Yeah, that." Sure does look like a hyena. And it wasn't until I started looking for Bigfoot that I became aware of that there was a cryptid or there was a, a, an animal nor- known as a North American hyena. They think it's it's extinct now, but I don't think it is. Wow. So, so and then other, other Native people had seen it crossing the road in front of them on a, on a reservation nearby as well. So, so yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. And then uh, we've had some fun experiences with the little people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that really shocked Jenna. <laughs> the first time she we were, we were casting footprints of Bigfoot footprints on a um, gravel pit hill. And we needed more uh, equipment to get them off this hill. So everybody left. And Jenna and I stayed there with no vehicle. And it was getting dark. And we were just going to watch the casting. So nobody messed with it while they were gone. And so we're sitting there and looking through our night vision stuff. And Jenna, you should tell what you saw. Well, I was just looking, thinking I wouldn't see anything. You know, you go in and you you use those the the equipment. And you're thinking, ah, what can I see? I was looking at these um, the shrubbery. What would you call them, Jen? Bushes. Just those little bushes. Sorry, I'm so excited <laughs> to tell you, I forgot the word bushes. Um, so anyway, I was sitting there with the equipment on my on my eyes, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. It looks like a little gnome. And all of a sudden, like it was like this, and then it went and looked at me, and I went, oh, oh my gosh, I almost, I mean, like I almost dropped the machine. I could not freaking believe this thing. Literally, just turned its head and looked at me. I'm sorry, but. It was freaky. It was the first gnome I had ever seen. I mean, these things exist. I'm sorry, but they do. Scares the living darn stink out of me, but <laughs> they do. <laughs> and what's cool is I was I had just gotten a new monocular night vision camera. And so I was sitting there trying that out, playing with the buttons. And I looked at the bush that I was sitting next to. And there were little people there waving at me. And I was like, oh! <laughs> and this is, that happened at the same time and it, this is right by a set of big footprints so it was that we really, were casting yeah it just made wow. sense yeah it was just like a yeah and i've and seen I, several shadow panthers and not a lot of people have seen them or even know what they are but i have seen several what is that it's a shadow that is in the shape of a panther and they're very fast like pew, 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 fast. And they are the same size as a panther. And I've seen them in Florida and I've seen them in Minnesota and I've seen them in Virginia. So they're wow. they're interesting. They get closer, but I have not been brave enough to stay out there when it comes right up to me. Cause then I'm like, okay, wait, I don't know what you are. I'm going to go inside now. <laughs> wow. Northern California Cubs fan. Scariest encounter for you ladies. Scariest. Meow. I think for me, um, the scariest thing that happened for me um, is I, it it creeps me out a little bit when I hear something walking behind me. And then when you stop and you hear it take one more step, 
and then you keep going and then you stop and now there's something also beside you tracking it. You know, I know that that's been identified as hunting behavior. So I'm like, that that freaked me out a little bit because we were walking on this path through the woods in the dark and I was the last one in line. So I'm like, okay, you guys, there's something behind me. There's something beside me. And so um, our filmmaker turned on the, the night vision camera and just said, keep walking. And he was filming, filming, and he did catch the eye shine of wow. what was stalking us. So that kind of creeped me out a little bit. I guess I wasn't like super scared, but uh, I did go back a few months later. I don't know however many months later it was. Um, and I did a solo night hike on that same trail and I, I was freaking myself out just with the memory of what happened. And if I heard something move, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> but I mean, that was just cause I was by myself and in the dark and on that same path. So I, I just, a memory of what happened before. So, but this time wow. I'm alone. What about you girls? Do you want to go next, Jenna? No, you go ahead. Well, my scariest thing that ever happened to me was not even with Bigfoot. Um, it was actually my first paranormal experience. I was only four years old and I was sitting outside of my grandmother's house in Oklahoma on her stairs. And I looked across the tree and I could feel something staring at me. It was across the street. So I was sitting there and I was watching and then something moved and you could only see it when it was moving. It was clear. This is way before, you know, predator movies, but it was like that, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, this thing noticed that I noticed it and it jumped down out of the street and started running at me. And I got up and I'm four years old and I'm trying to open the door to my grandmother's house and I can't get it open, can't get it open. And I look back and the thing's getting, it's in the yard now. And I finally get the door open and I run in the house and it slams into my grandmother's glass door. And my mom yelled, stop slamming the door. And I was like, I couldn't tell them what it was because I didn't know what it was. And I was like, it wasn't me. And that's all I said. <laughs> but yeah, that was my scariest experience. What about you, Jenna? Um, mine is not on the law, like along the lines of Bigfoot either. And I don't know how many times I've even told people about this, but uh, my scariest experience was after I went through, I, I was in the hospital for three months. I went through a coma. I, I it, it was just a mess. I ended up living. Amen. I'm here. But I ended up going home and I kept smelling the bad smell. We all know what that is. I kept feeling like there was something negative, evil running around, really ticked off. And uh, I was walking and all of a sudden I was walking through my living room and there was a chair to my, let's see, there's a chair to my right and all of a sudden something came and it was it was harder than i've ever felt anything touch me before it was as if a demon pushed me like from this whatever side it was and it pushed me and i ended up landing in the chair on my side so uh, that was scary to me the fact that it could be so violent and so for and, and i knew what it was you know what i mean and to know what it was and it actually have that kind of power to to push me like that physically was really scary. I've I've since understood and I get a lot of things now that I didn't understand at the time, but that was really scary at the time. Wow. Yeah. Now, that thing's not with you anymore, right? No, no. It was it was so ticked I made it through. It, after it did that, it was gone. And I don't know, I'm protected. I've got a lot of people. Yeah. That's very all. watched over. Yeah. So they're asking about, can you please describe what the little people look like? And also, do you think it would be safe to approach a little person if they waved at you? Ooh. I think it's safe to approach them if they're waving at you in a friendly manner, of course. Uh, but there are different kinds of little people. They, they're all different kinds. You know, Jenna saw the gnome. Uh, interestingly enough, gnomes are usually connected to Scandinavian descended farmers and that's exactly what she is um so <laughs> uh so that that interestingly enough she has a connection to gnomes and and there's they they're said that they came across the waters with the farmers that that they were looking after their farms and and so they've been attached to their family so uh that makes sense to me that, that jenna would be having this attachment to gnomes um the, the little people that i've seen there's different kinds i've seen a jehotanas which 
the Jehotna, that's a Dakota word, uh, and it's spelled Canotina, uh, but it's pronounced Jehotna. And it, it, they're literally the little people of the woodland trees. And they look like Bigfoot, except they're only two to three feet tall when they're full grown. So uh, they're, they're like that. And, and they often live nearby Bigfoots as well. Um, they're also ones that just look like little people. I mean, literally 18 inches tall uh, to 12 inches tall, even maybe two feet, uh, just little people. And I've seen the ones that, that look, they, they look like just absolutely joyous little kids, just, you know, that they, they look like that, you know, and, um, and they're just so full of joy and, and, you know, there's different, there's different kinds. Uh, Tammy, maybe you could add some more to that. Yeah, fairies, goblins, um, you know, not, obviously not all of the little people are nice and not all of them like people, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's lots of critters that run around and I've seen, I've seen a lot of them. Um, one, the one that is, sticks most in my head, probably you would call it a brownie. Uh, because it's not really a fairy and it's not a gnome, but it's somewhere in between that, that they look like. And they're very, can be very aggressive. And uh, they they like to play pranks. So <laughs> there's yeah. them. Jenna, do you have any others? You're on mute. <laughs> I would like to not answer that question. You guys did a great job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> wow. It was mostly Jenna. So, so one of the theories that, you know, Chris and I have talked about with other people before with Bigfoot is, you know, the cloaking, which could be one of the reasons why they've never very rarely been seen on camera. Right. What do you guys think the, uh, the gnomes and the little people and stuff like that? What do you think there's not more, uh, news out there about them or, you know, any footage or anything like that? I mean, just your theory on it. Part of the native belief on that is that, you know, nighttime is their time. And, and that was what a lot of my native elders talked about, you know, nighttime is their time. And, and so you shouldn't be out there at night as much. Um, and and uh, so I think part of it is nighttime is their time. Uh, the other part is, you know, we hear lots of little people stories about them being able to cloak their villages and things like that. And if you know where they are, maybe you can catch glance glimpses of them. Gotcha. Um, I have seen them blend into trees. Uh, we were doing an outdoor classroom at my reservation. Uh, and I happened to notice that this one particular tree had these little faces about softball size, five little softball size faces. And all of them were just like smiling so huge and joyously. And it looked like somebody had carved these into the tree and at the base of the tree. And I was like, who did that? When did they do that? I've never seen that before. And so I didn't take my eyes off of it. And when we went to a break, I pointed at it and I asked my elder, what do you see there? And he says, oh, those are the little people. They're here helping me teach the class. And they are the reason why I built this place right here is because they were here. And they help him with the healings that he that he was doing and, and with teaching the people. And uh, he says, they're just blending their energy with the tree so that other people don't see them. He says, they won't be there later. And sure enough, we went to lunch and I came back and looked at the tree and it was just a normal tree again. Yeah. So every time I go to that place now, I'm always scanning the, the bases of the trees looking to see if they're there again. <laughs> wow. That's, that's an interesting story. That's a good one. Yeah, Brian Barber, what kind of tracks do the little people leave, if any? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Yeah, I've never seen any. Mm -mm. Interesting. So, hey, Grizzly. Yes. Have you, have you ever heard of the, the Shadow Panther? No, that is new on my radar. So that's got me curious, right? I mean, I've seen exactly a lot of things that I cannot explain. Uh, little people, gnomes, uh, I know they exist. Uh, we've actually had people on the show before that's been hunting and one came out of a tree while he was hunting and he stared at it and he was looking around, looked down and they both went, oh! and it's like, you can see me and he what ran back see? inside the tree. You said a one. little gnome, a little person. See, 
and he came out and he looked down and he looked up. And when the gnomes realized that he could see him, the gnome freaked out and ran back in the tree. And he went and knocked around that tree and he was like, it's not hollow. Where'd it go? So, yeah, it's very interesting. What about like the uh, have, have you uh, guys ever witnessed like the dog man or, or uh, the moth man when you're out there seeing anything like that? We have gone out to the Mothman location and we saw the statue. <laughs> that was about it. Um, that was about it that we saw there. Uh, and every time I've been there, it's been horribly hot, just awful. Um, I'm a northern girl from Minnesota, so the temperature for me. Yeah. Um, and as what was the other dog man? We haven't gone looking for dog man. Um, We've seen him in remote viewing, though. Yeah, we have seen him in remote oh, viewing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have, well, you, have you guys ever seen the uh, the Bigfoot uh, cloak or think that you've seen it cloaking? You know, um, this is all new to Tracy, ladies. He, this yeah, is yeah, outside yeah. of his realm. Yeah, please bear with me. I'm, I'm in uh, the ghost and spirit world. Yeah, I can, I can maybe I can talk about that. But the, this stuff here, it's really interesting. I really enjoy it. You know, I have to say, at this point, with everything we've experienced, my idea of how they travel, how they live, where they live, is completely changed. Like, when you ask, ask that question, I already have 20 more questions about something I just learned a few days ago. Or, you know, I can't answer that question. So it's up to you girls. So what do y'all think about it? Is is it possible they can do that? Or what's your all's thoughts? I think we all have different opinions on that. Um, you know, Jenna and I had found a uh, a den-like structure that we believe to be, and the natives in the location in that area also believe, to be, believe these to be built by the Bigfoots. Um, Jenna went and stood behind it, and I couldn't see her. And she could see me clean, clear as day. Um, oh, wow. So I... And and she wasn't trying to blend in with her colors. So um, I, I think that they're naturally able to blend in anyway. And, uh, you know, with the human brain, the way that it works uh, for our ability to see what's in front of us, the human brain works at 400 billion bytes per second. That's what we're it's actually doing. That's not a potential. But the average human is only consciously aware of 2000 bytes per second out of the 400 billion that it's actually processing. So. Uh, the, the, that if you were to make a pie chart of that, it, one single hair on a full pie, it doesn't even, that's not even a big enough space to represent the 2000 bytes of information per second out of the 400 billion that our brain is actually processing. So we're literally not consciously aware of everything that we're seeing, hearing, feeling, and touching. Um, we are almost completely unaware of those things. So they could walk right past you and you not even know. Um, and I think that there's a whole scientific brain thing behind that, um, that, that people just aren't giving enough in attention to, um, you know, all of our gut instincts come from that extra awareness of, of that subconscious information coming up and just giving us a little tidbit of information. Um, can they cloak their, their, their body? I don't know that they can for sure, but I think it makes sense if they're able to to alter their energy frequency, which I think that they can. We can. If we can do it, they can do it, right? Yeah. Um, and so if we can alter our energy frequency, they could probably do the same. And if they have a little bit more um, uh, ability to control that, you know, all you have to do is raise your energy frequency high enough to become a little bit out of this realm. That's true. Brian Barber wants to know, you ever been to Michigan? It's yes. a hotbed for Bigfoot and Dogman. We did We did a couple of, uh, we were in two documentaries that were filmed in Michigan in the Upper Peninsula. So, so yeah, we, we've been there. We've experienced the Bigfoot in Michigan. <laughs> and they want to know, can you elaborate on that in the Upper Peninsula, please? And Tammy, Jenna, you go for it. <laughs> Well, we did an investigation up there. We actually did a documentary up there and we were with um, Adam Davies, Robert Kreider, uh, some other people, you know, a, a big group of us were all up there and we all investigated together. We did, we took uh, prints together and did investigations together and we got some footage and 
Um, it, where we were was a hot bed because right behind where we were camping, not even where we were across the road searching, but right behind where we were camping, we found so much. We found footprints, we found structures. We would go into the woods and the path would be clear. We would come back out and there'd be logs laying across the path that were not there when we walked in just, you know, an hour or so before. And even after we left, they got even more footage. It was in the searching for Sasquatch. Which what numbers was that, Jen? Three, four? Three and four. Yeah. Amazing. You can watch it. You can see what we all got. <laughs> so what do y'all think Bigfoot is? That's a good question. Um, I think Bigfoot is, I mean, I, I think it is a physical creature. Obviously, you have to ha be physical to leave footprints behind, right? Um, but... You know, can it do all these other amazing things? You know, I've seen enough and experienced enough to to say I, I think that they have some abilities that are beyond some of our understanding for the majority to understand. Um, and I think that once you experience those things on your own, it, it takes away some of that doubt. And for all the doubters out there, you just need to get out there. It, it, you don't even have to be fully physically fit. You know, if you find a hot spot, you could go sit down, bring a chair and have a seat. They get they're curious things. They're curious beings. They come and check you out if you give them the opportunity. I think that they are interdimensional beings. And I think that while they are in this realm, they are physical. But I feel like they have to concentrate to be, you know, present physically in this realm. And I think that when they get startled, or when they want to hide, they just step back and then they're not in our realm anymore. I think they're more fourth and fifth dimensional than they are third. So that's just my my view. Of, we don't all share the same views, but that's what I feel. That's the thing, too, about our team. We don't have to agree on what we think they, they are or what they can do. And we can get along and respect each other and our own opinions and our own, and and when my one of them has an experience, I believe them one hundred percent. You know, I believe them one hundred percent when they say this is what I saw. I believe that one hundred percent. Um, and, and so, you know, if we can get along, you know, the, the Bigfoot community is often split between people who think it's just a uh, an undiscovered ape, to people who think that they have other abilities, uh, can do other things, and 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 it's like the, the whole community splits and, and they're at odds with each other. And I don't think it needs to be that way because if my team can have different opinions about what's going on here and we can respect each other and go out and look for the answers together, everybody can do that and be respectful mm -hmm. of each other. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause all of us agree. We don't care if we're wrong. We just want to find out what's true. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. I don't want to answer that question now. She just did a great, <laughs> great job. Well, you know, I mean, you're absolutely right. And we see it across whatever realm or paranormal field that you're in. But I use electric eel theory, right? Back in the days, people didn't know that the electric eel would shock you. So when they touched it, it would zap them. They didn't have the words to describe what was going on. They didn't know about electricity. So they would fathom and as it's evil or whatever. So I think you're right. I think we just don't understand the process uh, known to us. And they do have capabilities outside our scope. So I, that's a very good answer. And, and, and oh, sorry. But, what, uh, what she had ahead, said. Tracy. Yeah, what, I'm sorry, Chris. What, what she had said at the end there about, you know, that could go for every paranormal thing out there, too. You know, everybody just kind of respect each other's you know, answers and thoughts and just believe what they're seeing, you know? Uh, so that's, yeah, definitely a great answer. I like that answer. Mm -hmm. So what questions do you have, Tracy, about Bigfoot in the paranormal realm in that field? So I'm trying to think, you know, of, of what somebody like myself that, that that's new to it, you know, and one of the questions I'm sure you guys get asked is there's so many sightings, right? That, and, please forgive me for asking this. I'm just asking as a, a naive person that watches TV, stuff like that. There's so many sightings, so many people believe, and I've become a believer by listening to this. So, but I'm trying to talk for somebody else that maybe isn't. Why isn't there more, why do you guys believe there isn't more footage or more uh, documented 
footage of of them existing i, I know tammy had a great reasoning for that you know that that would make 100 percent sense to a lot of people that are trying to find that out right and I'm not trying to dive too far into this. I, I'm just kind of curious to a new person walking into it. You know, that that's the, the guys that are, 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 that don't believe what, what, what would you say to them if they're like, Hey, why, why aren't there any more pictures of them? Well, I, 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 one thing I think that they're mostly nocturnal. Number one, number two, the night vision cameras, the trail cams, you know, they all make sound that is very high pitched and it hurts my ears. So I'm sure they can hear it too. Yeah. Um, and, and so they're, they're smart. They avoid those things. They avoid those things. I've heard people talk about leaving trail cameras out and they disable them without, I mean, they come up behind them and disable the cameras. So, I mean, they know what they are. Um, so you're not, they're smarter. There, there are people. I fully believe that Bigfoot is a people. Yes. And they are as smart, if not smarter, than we are. So you're not going to trick them. You know, you're better off trying to sit down and, and do enough interesting things, laughing, having a good time, where they want to come up and see what you're doing. You know, yeah. what, what's, what's this good time going on here without me? What are they doing? <laughs> and are those girls? <laughs> <laughs> so what's your all secret to the success and everything? What do you all do different that you can share to people that, because, you know, there's people out there in the woods for 20, 15, 30 years, never have an encounter. But then you got the average person that either has a clan living there or they run into them every time they go out in the woods. So there's a belief that Bigfoot, that Pete, that you're chosen to see Bigfoot. Okay. Um, there's a belief about that. So people who see Bigfoot are more likely to be seeing them and whether that's their energy spectrum that they're existing on um, or that they just feel that this person is a safe person to show themselves to. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to understand that, but the native belief on that is that you're chosen to see them. And, and also that when you do see them, there's a meaning behind it. So like a lot of the Bigfoot sightings that happen on Indian reservations aren't reported to Bigfoot groups because to them, it's, it's an, it's a spiritual experience. I saw Bigfoot and they'll go talk to their spiritual advisor to find out what is the message that, that, that is that, that Bigfoot brought to them. What does that mean in their life? And so a lot of those don't get reported to Bigfoot researchers and Bigfoot groups. So um, I have my best stuff happening on Indian reservations, to be quite honest. Interesting. Tammy? Um, well, like Jen said, you know, that because you are chosen to see them, I think that they can read people's energy and they know if you're a good person or you're not a good person and what your intentions are. And I think that they're selective over who they allow to see them. You know, and maybe I know that there's Bigfoot hunters out there that have been hunting for years and years and years, and they've never had a sighting, you know, and maybe it's because Bigfoot doesn't want to interact with them. So we as psychics, you know, I think that we have a little bit more of an edge because we are higher brain and we are able to remote view and find areas where they are. And then we go there, you know, some people wander around in the woods and they never find anything, but we, we look before we go and we find an area where they're most likely to be where they have been. And then we go there and see if we can see any that are still there. And then we have our experiences. Interesting. Jenna? You know, I don't think necessarily, sorry, Tammy, I don't necessarily think it's whether you're a good person or a bad person. I think intent does have a lot to do with it. Um, I do think also it's people getting out and actually putting themselves in the situation and it's them getting out and looking and taking walks and getting out there because so many people have so many ideas and opinions on how everyone does anything you know how we look for Bigfoot but they're, they're not getting out there I think our edge is that we are not only women no no guns no dogs no men <laughs> you know and I also think that Jen had a really good point. We love each other and our intent is pure and we're going out there wanting to make contact, not to hurt anything. Now, the question is for Ron Barber, do you think y'all being females, does that increase your chances as well? I think it does. I do. I think it does because we're non-threatening. 
just because of our gender. Um, and, you know, one of the things that Lauren Coleman felt was that when people are seeing Bigfoot near the highways and, and near roadways and pe places where the people are, he says a lot of times these are younger males and they're probably out doing the things they're not supposed to be doing and getting in trouble just like our young men do, right? And he felt that these younger males would be a little bit more apt to come in closer to have a look at some ladies if they didn't have anything threatening there with them, like some men, dogs, or guns. So, uh, you know, we're literally putting ourselves out there for you people. <laughs> Over <laughs> men, dogs, and guns. <laughs> On a platter. Yes. <laughs> On a platter. With fruit. <laughs> so what's been we some of your fruit. most... <laughs> yeah, right. What's some of your most uh, interesting finds and encounters? Oh, oh boy. Uh, well, again, we, when we find the den-like structures that are, that those are very intricately built. You know, we're talking trees stacked on top of each other and weaved together so tightly that they, they, they just holds it together like a building. Um, and nothing is, is tied or, or screwed or nailed together. And it's just so intricately built. It, that to me was shocking these structures and some of them that are being found on my reservation actually have holes dug inside of them into these underground areas like dens tunnels caves they're not caves they're dens they're dug um wow in, well and it gets like 50 below zero up here sometimes in the winter time and we're, they're not known to be using fire so how are they staying warm they have to go underground right yep. they have to so um but you know we've we've got thermal imagery tammy you should tell that story oh yeah we got uh 13 minutes of footage on top of a mountain in tennessee and um, we went up there during the day we were at an event and we were up there with one of our friends matthew delf from micro and we went on a, a walk and took some people out and you know jenna and i sent jen the coordinates of the of the place so that she could look at it because she was a little under the weather and didn't need to be up hiking on top of a mountain. <laughs> so we went up, we sent her the coordinates and she remote viewed while we were up there. And I found a really cool X and we, you know, were seeing all of the hot spots and Matthew showed where there was some hair and things like that to the people. And we came back and Jen had been looking and she's, she found some areas that looked like they would be good places to go. So we discussed it over dinner and we decided to go up there and look. Um, I don't know if he's saying hi to me or the other Tammy, <laughs> but uh, anyway, we went up there and we got to the top of the mountain and Jen looked one more time on the maps and it was, there was still one sitting right there. It was 30 feet away. So I grabbed Jenna's Fleer, who was my first time using it. So I was not familiar with the equipment, um, <laughs> but I turned it on and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's right there. You guys, look, it's right there. It was only like 30 feet away wow. up against the tree. And I was trying to uh, record it. And all I was doing was flipping through the different colors. And I was trying to get them over there. You know, come on guys, show me how to record, show me how to record. And he's laying there and he's got his arm up. You can see all the hair hanging down. It was black hot. So skin is black and hair is white. And here's this white thing up against the tree. And I sent you guys the footage of that, um, the original and the stabilized version. But uh, then when we finally got it to record, we got 13 minutes of FLIR footage. Minutes, not a blob squatch, not a run by. I mean, it was FLIR. So yeah, it's not, you know, crystal clear. It wasn't IR, but um, right. he, he knew that we were there. We were not quiet. And he let us record him. And it looked like he was working with his hands on something, maybe skinning an animal or something like that. And at first it looked to me like he was sitting down and leaning up against the tree and doing that. But we had uh, Matthew go back a couple of days later and look, and it actually looked like that may have been a, a little bit of a cliff there. And he was standing there using it as a table, skinning whatever, or doing whatever with this animal because it was black and it was you know warm, um, whatever he had in his hands. But yeah, we we were not quiet. We never thought to get any closer. But he let us sit there and record him. I actually turned away. I'm like, okay, we got you know like 13 minutes. I think we have enough, guys. And we turned away and we started talking about everything else and then looked back and then it was gone. But wow. it, he sat there and let us record him that whole time. He was not worried about us. Hmm. That's pretty cool. It was cool. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> So a lot of people said they actually seen the footage and it's really good. So that's awesome. 
Yeah, the original, I mean, we know nothing about editing. We're learning now. But at that time, we knew nothing about editing at all. So it was all raw footage. It was all over the place. And so somebody volunteered to stabilize the footage and use some different uh, spectrums to look at it. So to try to make it look more clear. But yeah, I think we posted like six and a half minutes or something like that of the 13 minutes. Awesome. What do you think the axes mean when you find those in the woods? See, I'm confused on those because, okay, people have their own opinions. When we were in um, northern Minnesota, I didn't have my phone. I was with someone on a side-by-side, and we were just looking around the area trying to look for something. That's all I can say. But anyway, we came across, I saw a double X and I said, hold on, hold on. This is really crazy. Cause it was like a really good double X. And all of a sudden I looked and cause we had stopped the side by side and I started looking and I was like, oh, this is like a graveyard of X's. I mean, they were everywhere. So before this, I'm thinking, well, the X's maybe just our representation of a spot, an area to maybe zap in. And if they are inter, you know, inter, dimensional maybe they're like some kind of spot where they would focus on when i saw that many i am so confused now because now i'm wondering are they you know is it like a a death spot or i don't know what do you guys think that's an interesting thought you know is it like a headstone or yeah that's what i mean i I bet i bet that not very many people have even thought that jenna that is actually i've never heard that that's interesting that's a really good theory had i not experienced what i experienced and i wish i would have had my camera but we all know how that works so we tried to go back we went and got jen and tammy and we tried to come back we didn't find the same area but it really did look like it was it was a graveyard of exes i've had people say you know that it represents don't go this way or it represents a portal or you know it's it's representative that they are that's their territory um i've heard all those things but i've never heard anybody say that maybe it marks a grave that's and i would have never thought that had i not seen so many in such a vast area yeah the one the one that sticks out to me for the x for me um, was when I was seeing, uh, sometimes I'll see pathways as, in an energy color, like a golden, a golden light will show me the way to go. Um, and um, I was in the woods and I, I saw this, this golden light light up a path that went right underneath an X and I was following this path. And then I, I, my spirit guide or whatever yelled at me to, you know, and got my attention and it's kind of snapped me out of this trance-like state that I was in. Um, Because you kind of have to go into a trance-like state to be receiving that information really strongly, right? Anyway, um, it kind of snapped me out of that. And I I realized I wasn't in full control and I wasn't really sure what was happening. So I went back to my vehicle and I pulled up into the area where I could still see that path. And I started taking pictures of that. And um, I didn't look at them right away. But when I did look at them later, you could see that what looked to be a portal beyond the X that I was going to walk right into. And what wow. would have happened? What would have happened? Um, I went back a few weeks later with some other people because I was ready to walk into it if it was still there. But I just didn't want to do it by myself. Um, and it was gone. Hmm. Wow. What um, you, you had mentioned earlier about the flare. What type of equipment do you guys typically take with you on, on one of the Bigfoot hunts? We have a drone now. We have a drone now. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. That made our whole world. And we learned how to fly it this summer. Jenna learned how to fly it. When I learn, you guys will learn because I cannot wait until the next beautiful day. Is it easy? You know, depends on who's showing you how to do it. Um, Jason was wonderful. He was teaching me, but he kept grabbing the flare because he wanted to play with it, I think. But I finally was able, he finally let me maneuver it. And it really was. It's just, you have to be facing the camera and the direction for the north, south, east, west kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Do that right. I don't know. Anyway, but the camera has to go. So when, yeah, it's, it's easy. And what other equipment do we have, Jenna? We've got seek, we've got FLIR, we've got deer, um, deer cams, trail cams. We have night vision. Yeah, night uh, monoculars. So it's not that we're in need of equipment. We definitely have the good stuff, but we only have two hands. Yeah, it makes sense. (laughs) Is 
Is it a, when you guys go and just out of curiosity, is it a one day, two day? Do you guys stay for three or four days? Well, how does it typically work for you? All depends. Last, last summer, we were going on two-week excursions. Oh. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, so just half of June and half of, of August, we were in the woods. Oh, that's awesome. That would be good. Yeah. I'd it enjoy was that. great. So fun. It <laughs> is. The energy <laughs> that the world and the earth gives you when you're just out, you and it. And time. other than that, I mean, that you know, we'll go to the places that are closer to us and, and hang out there. Like, I we've been spending a lot of time out at Randy's, um, and he's got a camper there in the cool when it's cooler or raining, we're dry. Um, and, and the Bigfoots have been known to come up and interact with the camper. Um, so we're like, come on, hit the camper. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I've been up there quite a bit this this fall too, and even even after the snow flew, we were up there. Oh, that's awesome. I think you should go, Tracy. Oh, uh, maybe look one day. at them. Look at them. Oh, <laughs> can we can we tie you to the tree and leave you out there? Put, a, uh, put that Bigfoot bait shirt on him. Yeah, yeah. We'll tie him to it. Slather him with some peanut butter. We yeah. don't need to tie him to the tree, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> you know the. That's why I was asking about the land of the lakes because when I was coming back through, you know, just on the highway, uh, I'm assuming I'm novice. I'm completely novice at this. So I'm assuming that the big whole forest right there is where where I would go find a campground and and just go hunt. Is is basically what? I mean, that that's it, right? I mean, for. Uh, or I'm assuming there's hot spots too. I heard Grizzly talk well, about they got it. over 276 cemeteries there. I remember you said that, yeah. So, yes, I could paranormal hunt then too. So, so cool. I mean, it, it's the best of all worlds. I mean, we're getting paranormal reports, we're getting Bigfoot reports. I um, Ron Moorhead and Martin Groves, uh, Satan Tracks. Uh, Martin Groves, uh, said on the other night on the show that he saw Bigfoot walk into a tree and just disappear mm -hmm. so wow. yeah so uh it's just very fascinating uh do you have a favorite place to go brian barber wants to know um for me i like to go to the indian reservations in minnesota specifically mine i'm a tribal member at the red lake band of chippewa indians in northern minnesota that's my favorite place to go but not too far away is randy's place and uh he lives outside of black duck minnesota and he, he gives us pretty, pretty good access to his property. And he has really nice um, mowed trails that are nice and wide. And uh, just like animals, I like the paths of least resistance, just like Bigfoot does. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that's nice, too. Um, so those, those are my favorite places to go. Um, I love to go check out other people's hotspots too like you know going to going to see what they have going on and and trying to get those experiences there and see what happens for us too so what do you think girls think where are your favorite places you know washington is amazing um but i have to say randy's is so easy so close you know we can afford to go there more and it's an amazing property and we're sightings. We're getting sightings. So I think that's definitely my favorite place. Let's go where the action is. And there might be some great action there. I like Randy's. Um, there's not a whole lot of places around me with Bigfoot sightings. There's a couple. Um, and they're in swamps. So I haven't really um, been able to have much experience there. Because most of those places are in parks that are run by the state and close at sundown. So you can't really be out there. Um, but for me, I want to go anywhere. I, I want to see all the cryptids. I want to see, have all the experiences. I want it all. So my favorite place is the next place that I'm going forever. Ooh, ooh, Tammy, never say another answer again. That was the best answer ever. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so how does everybody find you and, and follow you? SheSquatchers.com, but hey, we have a YouTube channel, SheSquatchers Official. Please come in and uh, like and follow us there. Uh, we are on Instagram and Facebook, SheSquatchers Official as well. So please follow us there for all the goings on. We have a show tonight, in fact. We do. Awesome. Awesome. Tracy, what do you think? That was a great, great interview. I appreciate the information. Uh, and for people who are novices like me, it, it gave us a lot of uh, a lot of information, a lot of help on on 
what how we should proceed with a few things so thank you yes, yeah definitely. and from coast to coast around the world everybody will catch you on the next show everybody All have right. a good night, good night. Bye. Have a good night. Bye.